Good morning. We're back inside now where it's warmer. What a what a rush with working our internet to make this work. Hopefully it worked out okay. <clears throat> I hope you're having a good Sabbath. I hope it can be peaceful for you, restful, that you can draw close to God on this Sabbath. We're going through a lot as a community, as a world, community, church community. Pandemic problems. This is what our, our world is experiencing now. On February 21, 2020, that is one year ago from tomorrow, the first case of the coronavirus was found or discovered here in Lebanon. Since that time, this pandemic has caused a lot of problems in this country and globally. What are some of the pandemic problems that I am referring to? Of course, obvious problems are sickness, death, overwhelmed hospitals, and financial losses due to lockdowns and lost jobs. The solution for sickness and death is ultimately the second coming of Jesus, which we studied in my last sermon series. But in this new four-part series that we're starting today, we want to address some other major problems that the pandemic has caused, especially in our relationships. Marriages have been impacted. Some are separating or divorcing. Relationship dynamics have changed because we see those within our homes much, much more than we used to, and we see people outside of our homes much, much less than we used to. Domestic violence has dramatically increased during the last year. Additionally, some are dealing with depression, mental health issues, and high levels of stress, high levels of anxiety. Some are hopeless, some are giving up, some are committing suicide. Some feel very isolated and very lonely, just wishing, praying, hoping this will end and go away. So our new series is called Pandemic Problems, God's Solutions. Today is part one, fruit. Let's pray and then we'll get into God's word this morning. Father in heaven, thank you for blessing throughout this service already. Thank you for the technology that allows us to connect and worship together, even from our homes. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be upon us during this message, that each of us will hear what you want us to hear, that our lives can be changed and we can be brought closer to you through this teaching today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. 
Galatians chapter 5, which Jake just read for us for the scripture reading. This is our theme passage for this series. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Here's what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit are God's solutions to these other major pandemic problems that I just mentioned. The fruit of the Spirit is described with nine different characteristics. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is quite a list. And the Apostle Paul, who writes Galatians, describes the fruit of the Spirit in contrast with the works of the flesh, which are listed earlier in Galatians chapter 5, right before actually, in verses 19 to 21. Let's read those as well. The Bible says the acts of the sinful nature or the works of the flesh and other translations are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Well, what does that word mean? That means wild living, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage or outbursts of wrath, it says in the New King James, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And then Paul says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's see that list, the works of the flesh, side by side now with the fruit of the Spirit, a simple comparison. Hopefully they'll put that up on the screen for you now. There you go. So you've got the fruits on the Spirit on the left, the works of the flesh on the right. 15 works of the flesh, nine fruits of the Spirit. I want you to look at that list for a minute as, as I continue here. Reflect on these lists for just a minute. What do you see taking place in your life? Is your life full of the fruit of the Spirit, or is it full of the works of the flesh? When we look around at the world around us, what do we see taking place? Of course, the works of the flesh dominate most people's lives. And I want to briefly illustrate this uh, from the world of sports. Now, I have to confess, I know this won't be popular in this part of the world, but for me, American football is what I prefer to watch when it comes to sports. I like to watch American football, not soccer. I'm sorry. I do, I've learned to like soccer more and more throughout my life. And now I'm in the Middle East, I like soccer. I like to watch the students play soccer and so forth. But when I grew up, I watched American football. And my team was the Minnesota Vikings. And unfortunately, they have never won the Super Bowl. They've got there a couple of times, but it's always been a disappointment and a loss. But the Super Bowl in the United States took place a few weeks ago with two great quarterbacks 
playing their hearts out to win the game. And Tom Brady and his team won. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tom Brady before, but he is an amazing quarterback. One of the best ever, probably. He has won seven Super Bowls in his career. But sadly, this week, I learned something uh, very disturbing about Tom Brady and his family. And the question is, what's behind his success? Is he just a great athlete, you know, a strong arm to throw the ball, the best mind to know how to find receivers and so forth? What's behind his amazing success? My wife sent me an article this week that explains what the news called his secret to success. And let me quote it here from cbssports.com. It's the article said this, if any NFL quarterbacks are reading, you now know the secret to Brady's success. You just need to find a good witch and marry her. What? I can't believe it. What is this? What is this? The article continues and quotes Brady explaining some of what his wife instructs him to do, saying, quote, I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones, and she has me wear a necklace and take these drops and say all these mantras. I know for those of you who like the NFL, American football, you're not going to be happy to read that, just like I wasn't. Because witchcraft, sorcery, is on the list of the works of the flesh that we just read. The Bible condemns witchcraft entirely. There is no such thing as a good witch according to the Bible. It is forbidden, haram in Arabic. And Paul says very clearly, those who practice witchcraft will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we see the works of the flesh in the world. In the mainstream, the Super Bowl stars and their spouses are involved in witchcraft. On the other hand, as Christians, we are followers of Jesus Christ. And we are filled, and as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit will be demonstrated in our lives. And we will not do the sinful works of the flesh. So today, I want us to focus on the fruit of the Spirit, specifically two of the characteristics mentioned, faithfulness and gentleness. And by the way, uh, we have a study guide, which you probably saw uh, in your email if you're checking our church email newsletter. Hopefully, Sarah can post it on our um, Facebook page, so those who are not connected to our newsletter can also get, download that study guide, and you can get some of these verses and quotes to help you uh, remember these key points that we're covering today. When we think of faithfulness, the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness, in contrast with the works of the flesh, such as sexual immorality and impurity, which we just read about from the works of the flesh, we understand faithfulness to be committed to our spouse. It would include that for sure, marital faithfulness, being faithful to our wedding vows. Faithfulness preserves our marriages and our families. 
faithfulness, or we could say purity of life includes saving all activity until marriage. But beyond that specific contextual relation to uh, or meaning of faithfulness, the meaning of faithfulness also could include trustworthiness, dependability, reliability, and keeping one's promises or commitments even when severely tried. Jesus is our example. He is faithful and dependable. And this morning, I want us to look at a couple examples from Jesus' life of his faithfulness. The first one is Luke chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles again, please go there. We'll put the words on the screen for you, but it's always best if you can see it in your Bible. You can see the words yourself. Luke chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. Now, I'm sure that some of you have fasted before, maybe for a day or maybe for 24 hours or two or three days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. That's a month and 10 days. That's a long time. And so physically, he was very weak and the Bible says he was hungry. And at this moment of physical weakness, the devil comes to him and brings a temptation involving food. And he tells him, hey, if you are really the son of God, if you're really the son of God, prove it by turning this rock into bread. You're hungry, aren't you? Come on, turn it into bread. Prove to me that you're the son of God. But Jesus is faithful to his father. He believes his father's words. You are my beloved son, which were spoken about 40 days earlier when Jesus was baptized. He is committed to his father to obey him in every detail of life. And so no matter what temptations the devil brings, Jesus stays faithful to his father, trusting his father's words. Jesus is the greatest example of faithfulness. He was faithful even when physically weak and severely tried. In contrast, Adam and Eve were perfect. They were not in a fast. They had not degenerated at all with the human race over thousands of years, like 4,000 years that Jesus inherited his human body at that time, right? So Adam and Eve sinned over the issue of fruit when they had no physical need for it. They were just deceived. They were unfaithful. Humans have been unfaithful, but Jesus is faithful, even when totally weak and hungry. Let's go to another example. 
Example number two, let's go to Mark. Mark chapter. Great is thy faithfulness. Great song to play during the power cut. Talking about the faithfulness of Jesus. Mark chapter four, that's where we were going before the power cut. Let's go there. Mark chapter four. Jesus tells his disciples, hey guys, we, we need to cross over to the other side of the lake. And so they attempt to do so. And that's where we pick up the story in verse 37. The Bible says, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? What a question. What a question to Jesus, the Savior, the Master. Jesus, teacher. Don't you care that we are perishing? The disciples were really in trouble. They were scared for their lives. And so they turned to Jesus. He is dependable. He is the reliable one, the Savior. And so he stands up and he says, peace, be still. And the raging storm immediately becomes calm. Have you ever felt like the disciples felt that dark, stormy night? Maybe you felt like the storm was too much. You couldn't handle it and you were about to perish. And maybe some of us have cried out to Jesus just like the disciples did. Teacher, Lord Jesus, don't you care? that we are perishing? Where are you when we need you the most? And Jesus, at times, at times, answers like he answered them and says, peace, be still. And he calms the storms in our lives. But at other times, he jumps into the fire with us like he did with Daniel's three friends who were thrown into the blazing, fiery furnace. In situations like that, he gives us peace and comfort in the middle of the blazing furnace. All through the Bible, we see the faithfulness of God walking with his people through the good times and through the bad times, through the hard times, the painful times. Jesus is reliable. We can go to him anytime, day or night. Jesus' last recorded words in the Gospel of Matthew, many of you will know these by heart. He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He is faithful. He is dependable. If you're in a dark storm right now in this pandemic, if you're having financial problems, you're having family problems, work problems, relationship problems, call out to your faithful friend, Jesus. Ask him if he cares for you. If you're depressed, if you're suffering, if you're about to perish, Lord, don't you care about us? We're about to perish. And he will answer you, he will answer me, 
And in fact, he has already answered us in his word. He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that includes right now in this dark moment of earth's history in this COVID-19 pandemic that continues to destroy lives and people and countries in 2021. God is with us always. 33 years ago, in 1988, there was a big earthquake up in Armenia, in the country of Armenia. So I know my Armenian friends out there who are watching will be happy to hear a story from Armenia. But this earthquake, maybe some of you remember it, 1988, big earthquake. It measured 6.9 on the Richter scale. And it was so severe that it killed 30,000 people in less than four minutes and destroyed large portions of the country. Because most of the buildings in Armenia are high rise, just like here in Beirut, the consequences were particularly devastating. When it was over, a father rushed to the location of his son's school, desperately hoping to find his son. Instead of a school, he found a huge pile of concrete, broken and bent steel beams, broken glass, paper, and splinters of wood. Immediately, he began to dig through the rubble. The thick choking dust swirling about the site coated his nose and his throat. It irritated his eyes, but he kept digging. Others joined in, but the number of rescue workers was few in comparison to the size of the disaster. Rescue crews could help only where they were confident there were survivors. Seeing that the school was totally destroyed, the crew believed there was no chance anyone could have survived, and so they moved on. Even though others told him it was useless, that no one could have survived, the father continued to dig through the night, and into the next day he dug and dug and dug. People kept telling him he was crazy, that no one could be alive under there. Nobody would help him, not even the other parents of the kids who were in that school, still he dug alone. After 38 hours, exhausting hours, he heard his son's voice. Not only did he hear his son's voice, but 13 other students were still alive, waiting and clinging to life and hope because one boy had insisted, my dad will come. He's always there for me. He's always there. He's coming. Don't, don't give up, guys. My dad's coming. That little boy depended on his dad to come to his rescue. What an amazing story of faith, a father's faithfulness and dependability. Are you faithful like that? Am I 
a dependable father like that, the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. With the Holy Spirit filling us, we can be faithful and dependable. With Christ in us, we will reflect his character of faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness and gentleness. That's the second thing we want to focus on this morning before we finish. What does it mean to be gentle? The dictionary defines the word gentle like this, free from harshness, sternness, or violence, and soft and delicate. Is your home free from harshness, sternness, or violence? What about your relationships with others outside of your home? The Bible repeatedly calls us to be gentle. Let me share just a few verses with you quickly here. Proverbs 15, verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Philippians 4 verse 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Do people know you're a gentle person? Do they know our church is a group of gentle people? Let it be known to all men, it says. And then Paul describes his interactions with those in the church in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 7. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. We already covered one example of gentleness, the gentleness of Jesus during the children's story. When Jesus rebuked his disciples and said, let the little children come to me. I love the kids. And he took them up lovingly in his arms, holding them gently. But I want us to look at a second example from the life of Jesus, of his gentleness today. So Again, in your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 10 this time. Luke chapter 10, and we'll pick up the story in verse 38. Luke 10, verse 38. The Bible says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Now let's pause the story there for a minute. Martha is stressed, isn't she? Do you ever get stressed with chores at home? Cooking, cleaning, washing dishes, laundry, repeat, repeat, repeat. It's a never-ending cycle, and it's a lot of work, and sometimes it's very stressful. Martha is busy working, and Mary is doing nothing just sitting at Jesus' feet. And so the conflict is between the sisters, 
Martha, and Mary. But the Bible says that Martha didn't approach Mary to resolve this issue. She turns to Jesus, the guest in the home. She gets a third party involved. Meanwhile, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. But Jesus does not get caught up in this household drama between these two women. He gently responds in verse 41, Martha, 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 Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha. Repeatedly saying her name, Jesus gently and patiently deals with the situation. And the book Desire of Ages makes this point nicely related to this story. There is a wide field for the Marthas with their zeal and active religious work, but let them first sit with Mary at the feet of Jesus. Let diligence, promptness, and energy be sanctified by the grace of Christ. Then the life will be an unconquerable power for good. Jesus gently teaches Martha this very point. Martha, Martha, you're worried about so many things. But before you do all those things, you need to sit at my feet. You need to be connected to me. Then your work will be powerful. But all your work and all your efforts by yourself are nothing. you got to be connected to me first. Sit at my feet first. Then be active in ministry. Then do everything you can. Because then Jesus will be in you and you'll do powerful things. That's a lesson for us. That was a lesson for Martha. And he told that he taught that lesson to her in a gentle way, a loving way, a kind way. As we conclude today, what can we take away from this teaching on faithfulness and gentleness? What have we learned from these two out of nine characteristics listed as the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness and gentleness, which include at least these five points. Number one, marital faithfulness or purity of life, which includes saving all sexual activity until marriage. Point number two, just as Jesus remained faithful when severely tried after his 40-day fast, with the Holy Spirit in us, we will be faithfully committed to obeying God also. Point number three, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He is faithful. He is dependable and reliable. In our darkest days, brothers and sisters, go to him. He promised to be with us. Point number four, Jesus demonstrated gentleness with children and their parents, warmly welcoming all into relationship with him, both young and old. 
And then point number five, Jesus handles the household conflict between the two sisters with gentleness. May our household and non-household conflicts also be handled with gentleness. Pandemic problems, God's solutions. May the Holy Spirit fill us so that our lives will be characterized by faithfulness and gentleness and all the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for your love, your amazing love. Thank you for your amazing faithfulness. Thank you for your gentleness of how you relate to us, how you relate to children. Lord, I pray that you will fill each of us with the fruit of the Spirit, that we also will reflect your character, all the fruits of the Spirit, especially faithfulness and gentleness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.